Okay. It, it's Monday, you guys. It's Monday. So, oh boy. Um, welcome. Hey. <laughs> to episode 82 of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. And we're going to talk, talk about plot types. We did an episode a while back on plot types, but well, it was mostly overall, what is a plot type thing? Right. So we're going to go into more detail on different plot types, but it would have been like a two hour episode if we tried to cover all of them. So we picked a couple, I think three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did three and we'll do the other four. Four. (laughs) Can I do math? (laughs) It's been a day, you guys. Uh, First, before we get into all that, how has your week been? Uh, it's been fine, I guess. I had a committee meeting today. And um, so I've mostly been preparing for that. And those for those of you who have not been to grad school or had to deal with the grad school committee thing, it's basically just a meeting with the group of people who eventually get to tell me whether or not I graduate. So a little stressful. uh, And it went fine. I'm just tired today. Um, Whenever I have like a big meeting like that, I'm just I'm zonked. So yeah, that's a lot of stress for sure. Yeah. Did they give you good pointers? Are you moving in the right direction? It went fine. It was mostly just like a project progress update and there's just a lot of stuff to do and um, a lot of good points they pointed out to help when I eventually am writing the paper and all that kind of stuff. Because you're trying to graduate by May, right? Yeah, ideally by April because that counts as spring semester. It doesn't really matter, I guess, for me. But okay, do you yeah. have? Um, I know school's starting soon. Do you have classes this coming semester? Uh, oh. no, I'm real. I'm pretty much done with You're classes. Done. Yay! Uh, yeah, and so I'll have to take uh, two seminar, two seminar classes in a journal club next semester. But those aren't. I mean, it's not like real class. Okay. So. Okay. Well, my week. I, I don't even remember my week was last week chaos court. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't remember. it. <laughs> um, I'm still recovering. Um, still have a lot to do and I'm kind of in a bad mood. It's our anniversary coming up, your dad's and mine, and it's going to be 36 years. And we wanted to do something special last year right? because it was 35, but of course COVID hit. So we didn't get to do anything. So we're going to, we were trying to do something this year and the time sucker today, I made the mistake of going, huh, where do you want to go? And he said, well, how about the Caribbean? So I spent hours trying to find a place to go. And our problem is we don't have passports. Oh yeah, and oh. and it's too late now to try to get a passport by uh, by September. You could rush order one, but anyway, we could talk about the specifics yeah. later. But. So I just got drained in looking at all of that, and uh, you know, yeah. I was looking at all inclusive ones, and <sighs> some of the ones that looked really good were way out of our price range. Why don't you go to the Keys? Yeah, maybe. He's been there. He's wanted to take me. I'm (laughs) fairly happy. I mean, that's true. I'm fairly happy just going to Savannah. I love Savannah. Yeah. So, and that's a lot cheaper than flying and all of that. But the Caribbean is certainly something special. But anyway, so I'm kind of grumpy. Hopefully as I I drink, I'll uh, feel better. And speaking of drinking, what are you eating and drinking? I uh, will be making dinner after this. So I'm going to make some chicken fajitas. Um, I haven't done that Yum. for myself in a long time. It's one of my favorite meals that I make. So yeah, I'm um, going to do that. And then um, I'm drinking. I don't really like it, uh, but it's my own concoction. So it's nothing to do with the uh, alcohols that I've put into it. But I made like a, it's like a vodka soda, but I added a black cherry hard cider on top. Oh, that sounds fabulous. You don't it like it? It sounds good. I don't think I'm a huge fan of just black cherry, maybe. I think uh, and then maybe the mixture with the vodka like does something weird. I don't know. But I it's you know, it's good, it's alcohol. So uh, there you go. <laughs> I have made myself a keto cosmopolitan. So mm. um it's tasty and refreshing. It's it's good, but I didn't start drinking near in enough time to 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 do this today. <laughs> and then um uh, Jordan, daughter number three, your sister is now door dashing. Oh, 
Yeah, she because she's got still school. She's still in college, oh. but she has started door dashing. So she's door dashing today, and she of course has her little sister with her to keep her company. So they're all over. Oh God, poor Riley. I know. <laughs> and they just texted me and said, "Do you all want us to pick us up uh, five guys?" Burgers. So I was like, yes, please. Absolutely. So that's going to be coming in a little bit. Fun. Okay. I have jokes. Oh, of course. Let's hear them. I need some jokes. Okay. So they're hero jokes because a lot of the plot lines, our main characters drive the plot. And so I figured a hero joke would be, would be decent. Yeah. If you could be, if I could be any superhero, I'd be aluminum man. That way I could foil the bad guys, <laughs> which that's a writing term. So I thought that that's was a adorable. good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is Aquaman such a dedicated superhero? Why? Because he was born with a sense of porpoise. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's more of a dad joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. And this one, the next one is kind of a writer, uh, at least an urban fantasy fantasy writer joke. So the hero says, I'm on a quest to avenge the death of my father. And the paladin says, well, you have my sword. And the elf says, and my bow. And the dwarf says, and my axe. And the necromancer says, and your father. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Isn't that great? I love that. I I think I want to write a series involving necromancy. That'd be pretty cool. It's just fascinating to me, that concept and the things that you can do in a book with that kind of has my brain going. So do it. We'll see, I like I don't fun. have enough books that are in the progress. Yeah, me too. In the progress. Okay. <laughs> so there are many, many types of plots. It's hard to do an overview of all of them. I mean, there are articles that I read that said, oh, there's five main plots. There's article that said seven, which honestly, I think that is the standard understanding among writers is that there are these seven, this Booker dude, which I'll have to put it in the website, um, is apparently the one on point on this issue. And he had this article that was uh, about the seven article, the seven plot lines, um, yes, I did just see a cat go across <laughs> your screen. It was very surprising. He did that very suddenly. So I was uh, There was one article I came across that says there's 1,462 basic plot lines. I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't think, Oof. I don't, I think it's about like archetypes, you know, like I think there are like a limited number of archetypes. You have several different plots that you can do, of course, but I think well, plot archetypes. Are- and we were talking about, trying to do and uh, today when we were talking about topics we were talking about the good versus evil plot line you know and some of the plot lines are more themes than they are plot lines so right, right. you know you can take whatever the the probably of the 1462 a lot of them might be thematic as opposed to actual plot lines or they might actually fit under the main seven categories as some variation of it or something Right. So what is a plot? We're just going to go over that real quick. We did an episode on plots. It was back in episode five. All the way back at the beginning. Yeah. Long, long time ago. So to refresh, the plot is the sequence of events where each event affects the next one through the principle of cause and effect. The causal events of a plot can be thought of as proceeding with the and so or the and then type statement, you know, right. what, what, and then this happened and then this happened. Um, so beyond just the, the basic overview that we did in episode five, which we talked about um, adventure, change, romance, mistake, lure, race, and gift as, was that seven? I have trouble with with the math. Um, So I think that's the seven basics uh, that we've seen out there. And that's what we talked about in episode five. So most really in real life, most of the plots that you read in a book are going to be mixes of all these different plots. You don't have just one plot. You might have one overarching or arcing plot line, but you're going to have tons of little plots running along your book. Um, 
So let's, let's look at some of the ones that we had talked about. So adventure, you can expect action, of course, excitement, fast moving pace. We've talked about how to increase that tension using short choppy sentences, that kind of thing. It's a fast moving pace in this plot line. This plot line is goal oriented. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. And I think there should also be some type of, you know, antagonist or villain in order to challenge your hero. Mm -hmm. I think that is a staple of, well, of, you know, stories in general, but specifically in adventure, there is going to be some kind of looming darkness or villain or antagonist to challenge your hero. I mean, like we talked about one of the uh, basic seven is the race, you know, the race to the end, which I think is often an adventure in and of itself. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the bad guy trying to get the same, you know, the Ark of the Covenant from Raiders of the Lost Ark, both Indiana Jones and the bad guy are trying to get this Ark for their various purposes. Right. So you're right. There is an antagonist that helps to drive that plot in an adventure plot line. Um, Act one is where you set the scene. And we actually haven't done an episode on the different acts, I don't think. I think we've done one for Act 1, but we have not done Act 2 or Act 3, I'm pretty sure. And this one, I came across, it divided it into four acts, and actually five. So Yeah, and I, I, you know, three act is like a typical one. I think there are several that, uh, you know, several outlines where you can have, like you said, five acts or even just four. I mean, because generally, beginning, middle, and end, that's three acts. Right. But I kind of broke this down into a five step thing. Right. Right. So, okay. So act one is setting the stage. This is where um, things, it starts in an adventure with things that are intolerable, something that needs to be changed. Right. And then the inciting incident happens, which I separated it out from act one. It might be an act one. It, probably would be an act one, but I separated it out because I think it's important to note the difference in an adventure in all these different plot lines. Right. So the main character, it's the call to action is that inciting incident. And we did an episode on inciting incidents. Yeah. So like Katniss and Hunger Games literally gets called into action. She gets called to the games. Right. Um, Indiana Jones, like I was talking about, gets the call to find the Ark. And in later films, different objects that, you know, when his dad was dying, he tried to find the Holy Grail, that kind of thing. Right, right. So normally the item slash goal, because sometimes it's an item thereafter, which is a goal in and of itself, but sometimes that goal is not something, well, normally that goal is not something that's easy to find or to get to. And that's what drives that adventure plot forward. Yeah. Um, There may also be a refusal to answer that call. Do you remember in The Hobbit where The Hobbit at first says, no, I'm not going with you on this quest? Oh, absolutely. And he stays home and he's like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm -hmm. signing this contract. And he wakes up and they're all gone. He's like, wait a minute. I'm missing out on on this adventure. Um, So a lot of times in this adventure plot line, there is an initial refusal to go with that call. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, I think that with that refusal, there needs to come risk. You know, there should always be risk in this adventure plot line. So what's the risk in not answering the call? Mm -hmm. What's the risk in answering the call? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I think it's important to address those risks, even if those risks are internal conflict only, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the world around them. Uh, you should still bring that risk into this adventure plot line. I, I really love The Hobbit as a, an example of a great character arc. Because when he starts this, before the adventure starts, they start us off with his normal. He's sitting out on his little bench, smoking his pipe. Right. And things, you know, good day or good morning, you know, and Gandalf comes and, does his thing, but I love how that, at least in the movie, it's been a long time since I've read the book. I think it follows pretty well in the beginning. Um, I, I have the whole series though. I got that for Christmas one year. I love the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, all of that. Yep. Yep. Uh, got off track there. Um, but at any rate, it shows us what the norm is. And you know how I said 
things are intolerable. Well, in Bilbo's case, was it Bil- Bil- Bilbo? Yeah, yeah. I always get them confused. Um, it wasn't intolerable, but he was stagnant and he just didn't realize that he was stagnant. Right. Life was okay, but there was no adventure, no excitement, no joy. It was just day to day to day. Right. And right. so in some, in a sense, it was intolerable. He just didn't realize. And so I love to watch his character arc as he goes from this homebody to this hero. Yeah. Th- no, it's amazing. Book. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you were saying, the risk for him not going would have been, he would have lived an unadventurous life. life. Yeah. Yeah. And the risk in going, of course, is he could have been killed and killed. Yeah. eaten by a dragon and all of those good things. That's small risk. Yeah. So act two in the adventure plot line is the journey. So the hero is traveling towards his goal. And along the way, there's normally people that help or people that hinder. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, your characters are going to be venturing into unknown territory in this type of plot line. Um, You know, it's new to them or the events that they uh, uh, go through, you know, is also new to them. It doesn't necessarily have to be new setting. You know, they could have been to this big city before, but the things that happen to them along the way is going to be what the adventure is. That's true. Um, I mean, a lot of times it is new places that they've never been to before. Right. Um, that can be a very big part of an adventure, but it's not necessary. Like you said, as a writer, we can make the adventure and not necessarily just the setting. Right. So in The Hobbit, that is a true quest. So is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the a, quest. The quest, which falls under the adventure category, I think. Right. Um, in some websites, I found it separated them out. Right. But I really feel like adventure is the topic. And then under that is quests, you know, and other, other adventures that fall into that. Right. Um, So they gather helpers, they fight monsters, you know, as I said, Lord of the Rings is the same type of thing. Um, Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to, again, go back to risk because that's a big part of the adventure plot line. Um, You want to have a lot of risk. You want to have a lot of tension and suspense and on your, the edge of your seat kind of, Oh gosh, what's going to happen. So, you know, think about what risks are involved here. What are the stakes of there of this journey that your main character is going to go on Add the suspense to the novel and keep your reader wondering how it's going to work out. Work this out in your writer's journal, whether it's mm-hmm. on your computer or a, a, an actual notebook like you use. Yeah, um, I do tend to use my computer because I lose things. So <laughs> yeah. if I tried to do it in a notebook, I would probably lose it. So on my computer is where I, I think, and it's one of those where I like to sit there and just type out the what ifs. You know, we always talk about that what if game. And I might have a whole page that doesn't even connect. It's just, well, what if this, then, you know, and, and I jump around, but that I save and go back and reread and go, okay, now I can organize this and how I want this plot to move forward. Right. Right. Um, All right. So act three is their arrival and the frustration of obtaining their goal. Mm-hmm. So they get to their destined location, but locks, lots of rocks have been thrown. That's that's our term. I I, I don't know that that's what I, I, I know it's out there, but we call it throwing rocks at them. Um, we we put up o- obstacles. So right. they're within sight of their goal, but all these obstacles keep popping up. Yeah, um, I just watched last night Rogue One for the first time. It's a good one. And the obstacles just kept on coming. They got to where they needed to be. And then this happened and then they had to overcome this and then this happened. And, you know, they're within sight of their goal and all of these things kept popping up. So um, that's what you do in act three. And then act four is the final ordeal, the final test, the, the big showdown where they actually do what they, they, came to to do to reach their goal you know the fight with the big bad guy right and then the final act is where the hero wins and gets the item reaches his goal or whatever 
Yeah. And I think, you know, as in most stories, there should be some kind of transformation to your main character. I think that's going to happen in most plot lines that, that we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, for example, you've been talking about the Hobbit. So like Bilbo being more accepting of friends and enjoying his adventures and enjoying adventures in general and wanting to continue on his adventures and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I did, uh, uh, pile up is not the right term i my brain is not compile? working today yes i compiled some tips for writing the adventure plot line listen my oh, that's a great idea today. see um, when i was trying to put these notes together i was just having a really hard time and unfortunately we had stuff going on and so we it's monday night this has to post by midnight tonight and we're both scrambling between work and trying to get these notes done so very clever of you. I'm yay, Taylor. Woo, my brain did a thought. Um, <laughs> so first of all, I feel like I've given this type of tip a lot, but read adventure books. Uh, get mm-hmm. an idea for how these acts flow together in a written novel you enjoy. So um, like you said, The Lord of the Rings or any fantasy novel out there is typically an adventure plot line. Not always, but a lot of them are. I mean, um, true, like, you know, the... The spy books are possibly, I, I would say they're more adventure than mystery. I think so too. I think so, you're right. you know, and, and that doesn't have to be fantasy. So, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to include a wide cast of characters to enrich the adventure. So, like you mentioned earlier, the hero often meets people who help them, they're also going to meet people who hinder them. They're also mm-hmm. going to have a best friend, or they'll have a sister, or their family, or their, uh, you know, new friends that they meet along the way, you know, like that kind of thing. That makes me think of Beck where she does meet all these Fae that she never even knew existed. And she kind of gathers them. Yeah. Because of who she is, she ends up helping them. So a lot of them end up owing her, which she doesn't mean for it to be that way. She just wants to help people. Right. And, you know, so she gathers these people, but she also makes a whole bunch of enemies like Malik. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that is common. Not that I don't know that I would classify Beck as an adventure. Well, it is kind of an adventure, I guess. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I hadn't ever thought of that. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, I think that's great. I think you're right. I think Beck is uh, very much an adventure storyline. She goes into a lot of unknown territory and discovers a lot of new things, um, even about herself. So. See, I always classified her as the mistake storyline, which we talked a little bit about. Where an innocent bystander kind of gets sucked into the main plot, you know. Right. And I think that fits her, too. I think, like you said, a lot of plot lines are mixes of these archetypes. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why there are seven, you know, quote unquote, only seven Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. plot types is because they do get mixed up and they do get used in all of these different ways. So Mm -hmm. I think I think you're right. Good point. Um, Always increase risk. So you always want to up the stakes. Um, Your hero should feel unsettled often in in an adventure novel. They're coming up against new things. You know, nobody's going to be 100% confident about every new thing that they do. Yeah. Yeah. And and Uh, in fact, I love that in books where my character is uncomfortable. Where, when, as the reader, I mean, not not just as the Mm. writer, but as the Mm -hmm, reader, mm -hmm. I love it when my character and I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Absolutely. I I love that. Keeps me turning the pages. Yeah, definitely. I think that is, um, pretty standard for, you know, up the stakes, keep, mm-hmm. keep the tension going, mm-hmm. uh, place a timer on your hero. So for the same reason, you want to keep that tension, uh, in place. Um, you know, maybe they need to get this item very quickly or else the world cracks in half, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, let your character learn from mistakes. This is one of my favorite tips and it's going to apply to, you know, multiple plot lines, but I think, mm-hmm especially in an adventure story, they're going to come up against a lot of new things that they've never dealt with before. And they're not always going to make the best decisions. And I think that's a good thing. Um, It's going to increase those stakes that I keep talking about. It's going to increase risk and tension and conflict. Definitely Beck. Because she is thrown into this whole world of magic that she knows nothing about. And so she's basing her actions on what's common sense to a mere mortal in our world right which is not how things work and so she is learning as she goes oh I might not want to talk to these people until I know exactly what kind of creature they are right you know that kind of thing so I do love her development as well that's a very good that's a very good tip 
Absolutely. Um, and then the last one that I have for the adventure one, which you talked a little bit about is just keep an eye on your pacing. You know, like mm-hmm. you said, it should be fast paced most of the time. So make sure not to use like excessive descriptions. That's going to slow down mm-hmm. your reader and it's going to slow down your plot. Um, so just be aware of how you do that pacing, do rereads and edits and revisions. Yeah. Um, a lot of that comes down to word choice, which we've talked about as well. And yeah. you know, as you're editing, you are going to be able to take a paragraph, maybe not a paragraph, but couple sentences and and find a word that set that you know just exemplifies is that even a word I am having a really hard time today you know I am too so I'm gonna you know just yes exemplifies I'm sure it is I don't know so yes you as as you are especially important in the adventure plot line don't laugh at me I'm laughing a little bit really having a hard time (laughs) um because word choice is and I think what what was it that we talked about what episode was it where we were talking about having the sentence and fast-paced stuff because this is right on point with the adventure plot line I think you're right I don't quite know I know we did it somewhere either I do too but but I think it's super important in this adventure plot line to use your words carefully because you are trying to up that um, anxiety in your reader. Right. And so certain words are going to be better than other words. So think it through, think it through. Yes. Okay. That, that was really good. I'm glad you, you did that tips. That was good. So the next one is change. So a good example of change is, uh, you know, the rags to riches type storyline yes, yes. or rising from the ashes type storyline right, reborn reborn type storyline yes so in act one setting the stage on this plot line we see the main character in the worst of conditions yeah definitely i think this this type of plot line follows a cause and effect type of story it caught you know, like when one event happens, it directly impacts the next event and the next event and the next mm-hmm. event um, and forces the main character to act with it and mm-hmm. to drive those events. Um, you know, arguably, I think most most plot types are cause and effect. But for the purposes of this change or transformation type of plot line, your audience will want to see exactly what causes your main character to change. I, I like that trans- transformation word. That That is a better word then change that that exemplifies is that is that the same word I tried to use before Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh boy people um but this reminds me of the movie Limitless and I'm sure it's based on a book and I have not read the book but the movie I thought was really well done people who have read the book may not agree but I didn't have the book to to go by right but you know the guy is a struggling writer which we can all you know, relate to, although he's a loser. Oh, well, yeah, he's a loser type character. Um, Also, another example of this change type um, plot line is A Knight's Tale, another movie. That's a good one. And I think it's a book too, but the movie is, that has got to be in my top five all time favorite movies. And it is a great example of this type of plot line. Yes. Um, so the inciting incident, the call, happens during this act one. And in Limitless, it was his introduction to this drug. That right. Made his yeah, that, mind. Yeah. Opened, yeah. His, opened his mind. That was a horrible description. Sorry, y'all. Hopefully you've seen <laughs> Limitless. <laughs> and if you haven't, you should go watch it. I'm, yeah. Ho- hopefully I don't ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. But it is. And what's the actor in it that? Bradley Cooper. Oh my goodness. You all, you have to go see it. (laughs) He is fabulous. Um, But this is where the main character somehow takes that next step, which is outside their norm. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got this loser writer and something happens where he takes this next step. Yeah. You know, he popped this pill. He came into the pills and he popped this pill because it really had nothing to lose. Things were bad. Right. And that, that was the inciting incident. Um, in a knight's tale, their knight that they worked for dies in the middle of the joust. And they're like, oh, my God, we really need the gold that to win this joust. And so the peasant 
takes his place because with the armor, you can't see his face. And that's how that starts. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I, I'm going to bring up this point where the the inciting incident should create the need for this change to happen in your main character. Mm -hmm. So for example, in a knight's tale, you know, Heath Ledger, his character had to change in order to become this knight. Um, And, you know, he, and he answered the call. And so he had to change in order to do this to answer that call. Um, and like we were talking so. about in the adventure one, there was the possibility of the refusal to answer that call. Right. His colleagues were like, what the hell are you talking about? No, you can't do this. And he's like, I, I can do this. I know how to do this. I promise you I can do this. And they're, yeah. you know, they were trying to talk him out of it and just say, you know, he's dead, whatever, let's go. Right. Um, so I think here also in the change one is the, chance where they might refuse it and it shows character depth it shows it reveals something about your main character on what causes them to go forward and say okay I'm going to take that step absolutely and I think it needs to be very clear you know Mm -hmm. about what it is that makes your character say yes I want this what is their motivation like you said the risk comes in on this one as well because if he got caught they'd be put to death he yeah impersonating gentry when they were peasants you know right um so act two you move into the beginnings of change the main character starts to have some successes so in limitless the drug helps him finish his book in record time, and it's fabulous. Um, right. He becomes more confident. Um, in A Knight's Tale, he begins to see a success. He's winning these jousts. He's good. He meets this girl. Absolutely. Yeah, the character's starting to see, like, the positive side of answering the call of yes. the inciting incident. You know, they're starting to think, like, hey, this this is going to work out. This is mm-hmm. all going to work out, and I'm doing better for myself, and I'm in an awesome place. Mm-hmm. And then Act 3 comes the crisis. Yes. Everything starts to go wrong. So in Limitless, it turns out, ooh, I don't know if I should. Limitless has been out for so long, you all should have seen it by now. If If not skip forward just a little bit. Uh, It turns out that the drug is not only addictive, but deadly. Yes. So he's addicted to it and he loves how it makes him right. And he's become, you know, he's enjoying these successes, but oops, it's going to kill you. You're going to (laughs) die. So he has this false sense of security. Your character does until they start, everything starts to kind of just slip through his fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, big bad guys come after this guy because of he's searching for the drugs and he, that's a whole thing. So you should go right. watch that movie. But in a night's tale, he gets found out and he is about to lose everything, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like the plot point, um, that leads, oh my goodness. This is the point in the plot <laughs> that leads to a uh, real change in your main character. So it's kind of like hitting rock bottom yes. uh, and rebuilding from the ground up. Yes. Which I love because in the beginning, you think he's at rock bottom then. Yes. But there is nothing worse than having some success and losing, and losing everything. It. Because in the beginning, that's just the norm. Right. I'm a loser, whatever. But he started to see... I don't have to be a loser. Yeah. I can can do this. And then he loses everything and it is horrifying. Yes. Heartbreaking. Um, So then act four of this plot line is the final uh, ordeal. Oh, (sighs) we're both struggling. It's fine. Yeah. I'm very tired and it's only Monday. This does not bode well for the rest of this week. It's fine. Uh, the main character starts to gain insight into himself. You know, right. Bra- Bradley Cooper's character is like, what the hell am I doing? What what do I really want? And they start to learn things about themselves. They start to overcome their weaknesses and their reliance on others to find the strength that they have inside of them. Um, right. You know, in the Knight's Tale, he wins the joust against that main an- antagonist. Like you said, I think there has to be an antagonist. Um, Absolutely. Which in Limitless, there was a big bad. Um, but the pill itself was almost an antagonist. I think I don't think the antagonist has to be a person. I think it, you're right. It, I- 
can be something else. Cause you know, there's all types of different uh, antagonists, you know, dad watches the end of the world movies and mm-hmm. the antagonist in those is going to be oh, the, the big antagonist is nature. Right. Yeah. So man versus nature, man versus technology, you know, those types of conflicts um, I think are what makes an antagonist. That's, that's but, a very good point. You're so clever. You get that from me. I absolutely do. I do 100%. Daddy's upstairs going, what, why do I feel this way? Got a, got a shiver all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but often uh, this, uh, sorry, I thought you froze for a second. But often this uh, final ordeal like includes an event that highlights exactly how your main character has changed. Um, so like you said, winning the joust in a knight's tale, he, mm-hmm. uh, was able to win. We know that we see him win against this antagonist that he hasn't been able to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's sometimes a callback to where the main character first started. So it brings us back to where the norm was. So in a knight's tale, he finds his father again, yes. who he hasn't seen in so long. And it brings him back to, oh, I was this little peasant boy and this was yes. my father. And it still means a lot to me to be who I am. You know, it just, it gives me chills. That is such a good movie. It's a great movie. And, and it does. It pulls everything from the very beginning. You know, he reconnects with his roots, which he had tried to shed because yes. somehow he felt that it was less than what he was, you know, this pretend right. person. And then in the final act, he obtains this, this final permanent change. The yes. king or the prince, I guess, makes him an actual knight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Katniss in uh, Hunger Games also yeah. experienced this. I think she's probably a change as well under that. I agree plot line uh she achieves final peace she never had peace in her life ever yeah yeah and she finally uh, obtains that final peace and that personal change permanently in her life yeah um a knight's tale he's made a knight he gains that permanent change he gets the girl he's run the respect of the common folk and the gentry and he's able to embrace his history and his background where he actually came from right Yeah. And that in itself like highlights a change in him because he, he did accept where he came from Mm -hmm. and he was actually proud of where he came from Mm -hmm. after reconnecting with his dad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, So I have some tips for writing this transformation plot line. Okay. Um, Include the moral opposite. So this is where the antagonist is going to come in. So this would be, uh, you know, a person with strengths that would be the opposite of your main character. Um, you know, where your main character is weak, this character would have a strength um, in place of those weaknesses. Uh, so this would be like the knight that, yes. uh, that I can't remember the character's name in A Knight's Tale. Will. The bad guy? The knight that oh, will. the good guy. Yeah. The good guy. The knight that will has to joust and defeat. Mm-hmm. Um that knight is strong and has the background that will does not. Yeah. He's got the money. He's got the influence. He's got the power. He's, he is high society. Um, he is able to enter into negotiations with that girl's dad for her hand in marriage. Um, he will doesn't have any of those things. Right. So yes, you're right. That's very good point. Yeah. And then next, just show the progression of change in your main character. Make sure you're paying attention to which events are going to change your character, why they are going to change your character, the purpose of your scenes in order as they change your character. Um, Mm -hmm. So all of the obstacles you put in their way, all of the rocks that you throw at these characters, force them to change with those obstacles. Mm -hmm. That's very good tips. I'm so glad you did that because that that makes this much more well-rounded than I was struggling. No, you did great. So the next one is romance, which neither you nor I are really familiar with. Um, nope. I've written more romantically than you have. Yeah. You, you've, you've had romantic relationships in your book, but I've actually written a couple romance novels. But I always yeah. struggle because I try to, I end up making a different plot as important. Anyway, I have a hard time, but I have a little bit more experience in romance than than yeah. you do. So with yes. Act One, you always set up Act One starting with the norm. Yeah. At this point, this is how we see the main characters, and there's usually um, 
a, it's a couple. So it's usually the two, two, right. two main characters. Um, they may be content with their lives. Uh, they aren't necessarily looking for romance in the romance novel. Right. Exactly. I think this type of plot line thrives on character conflict though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically, like you said, between two characters uh, and by this, I mean, you know, characters, you know, not necessarily butting heads, not necessarily being antagonistic towards each other, but these characters are finding each other and figuring out a way to fit in each other's lives and, you know, how can they work together kind of conflict. So not necessarily a volatile clashing of personality because that nece- that won't typically work in a relationship. Um, That's like on SEAL Team, which mm-hmm. obviously isn't a romance, but there is some romantic um, things going on there. and this particular couple in that show they they don't butt heads it's the circumstances that are butting against them they are in the same unit and you're not allowed to date someone in the same unit and so they keep trying to overcome this obstacle and things keep getting thrown at them and they finally ended up just having to say it's not meant to be right and a lot of romance novels go that way as well you the reader is going oh my god it's it's not meant to be which that that's kind of not correct because in a romance novel when you pick up a romance novel you have an expectation yes and if your author has sold this as a romance and it doesn't have that happily ever ended and you know happily ever after ending yes. wow yes. um then you got a problem yeah yeah um, did I cut you off or were you finished with? No. Yeah. Okay. So the inciting incident in a romance, uh, like uh, I started off reading a lot of romance novels, historical romance. I love the Highlander type romance. Right. <clears throat> and in those books, a lot of times it's a marriage. They're they're put together by the king wants the joining of those two properties. So, you know, whether you all like each other or not, you're together. Right. Um, it's the incident that brings those two people together. So in a fantasy, which the romance probably isn't going to be the main pot, plot line, um, but there, there's generally romance. At least there is in just about everything I write. I throw romance into everything. Um, but this might be two characters who are looking for the same object, but for different purposes. You know, um, right. what is the Laura Craft? Those movies Croft. with Laura Croft. <laughs> Laura Croft. Um, when Angelina Jolie played in those movies, mm-hmm. there she was romantically interested in her nemesis. There, there was that history there and that that romantic conflict and tension tension that's the word um in that novel uh, or those movies I didn't read the books and it's a game too but it's a game (laughs) it was a game first first okay (laughs) um but you know in that it it was two those two characters were looking for the same artifact right um there's all kinds of ways honestly in a romance novel that you can make romantic partners meet and have those sparks fly uh it you can do anything and it can be in urban fantasy it can be in fantasy it can be in a, a true romance novel it can be in a mystery novel where there's romance so i think romance is everywhere it's in all of our lives we all want people everybody not wants everybody people. but <laughs> i mean most everybody wants wants a person yes the majority of the population yes so um, um but also keep in mind that there are different types of romance plot lines. You know, there's, mm. I think we talked about it in uh, oh, the love yeah. interest episode. Um, you know, there's enemies to lovers, there's friends to lovers, and your inciting incident and whatever brings these two characters together will need to match that type of story. Mm-hmm. Good point. I'd forgotten we had done the love interest before. Mm-hmm. Um, so act two in the romance plot line is when they start growing their relationship. And of course, they continually have the conflict. My favorite romance novel book of all time is The Bride by Julie Garwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, I'm, I'm dating myself by, by, but she, she actually writes different. She's moved on out of the romance genre into other 
thing. She's a fabulous writer, but I love that book. And it yeah. was an arranged marriage. The king wanted them to be married. And um, so, so, so good, that book. Yeah. Um, conflict and misunderstandings where she's like, I, I want to move the kitchen. And he thinks, oh, she's talking about rearrange the pots and pans. No, she was talking about moving the kitchen because it was a separate building and she didn't want the poor servants and people to have to be going out in the cold and the snow and all that to bring the food. So she wanted to actually move the whole kitchen closer and connect it to the hall. And, you know, he hits the roof when he realizes, but she said, I want to move the kitchen. And he said, okay. (laughs) So that it was fabulous. So you can humor, of course, is one of my favorite things. Um, But in act two, you've got all of that going on. Um, Their traits and histories come out that the reader, the reader knows, but the main characters don't know. Right. Um, And that creates excellent conflict. Um, You know, Cresley Cole. Yeah. Is probably the best example of fantasy and romance mixed together. And you said it's called something like paranormal romance or something. Paranormal romance. Yeah. She is probably the best at paranormal romance. She's very good. Yeah. Um, Back to a knight's tale. Remember how he had his friends help write the love letters to the girl. So this, this love that he had for her was expressed through all of his friends and, you know, all of that happens in act two. Yeah. Well, cause he would try to say something and then they'd be like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think like like, with any story, talk about your, talk about her breasts. Oh uh, yeah, her breasts are brown, and they're You're like, right. like no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. I think, um, yeah, like with any stories, you got to throw rocks at them like that, where you know there's just going to be some kind of obstacle that keeps them from, um, you know, just automatically falling in love with each other in the first place. You know, yeah. it's a, the point of the romance plot line is to have some conflict and some tension. Yeah, and I mean, them to get together. It's kind of boring if they just get together and live happily ever after. I mean, I hope that for everybody, but for reading material, right. I like to read about the the conflict. Right. Um, act three is when the black moment happens. Yeah. Um, this is when the misunderstandings or the background of the characters lead to that moment where it looks like they aren't going to make it. Everything's yeah. lost. Right. And, and a knight's tale, which it kind of had a different, it had romance, but it had a different um, take on the romance side. She never wants to leave him. She, she wants to stay with him. And he, but he understands that someone from her station would never be able to quote, live with the pigs is how he put it. Even though right. she's like, yeah, I'll live with the pigs. And he's like, she she has no idea what she's talking about because she is privileged and she had she has no idea. Um, right. Also, the black moment jealousy can play a key part to leading Definitely. to that black moment. Definitely, yeah. I think, like you said, Cresley Cole is is a really really good example of paranormal romance, kind of more along the lines of like the urban fantasy that we. Um, mm-hmm. that we typically write and read and like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it appeals to me way more than your everyday romance. Like I'm not a huge fan of romance in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty touch and go, but I do love Cresley Cole and she's really good at using her character's backstories against them in order to make them hit this rock bottom of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite books of hers is book four of the immortals after dark series. And that's the one with the phantom woman and the vampire. She was the ballerina. Yes. 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 And oh, she was yeah. murdered. And, you know, he says something um, that just absolutely hurts her. And I, I just remember like reading that part in the book and I was like, oh, no, like you've got to fix it. Go back. You've got to go talk to her. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's she's very, very good at that. I think um, if you're interested in writing romance, whether it's paranormal or not, Cresley Cole is very good uh, at getting across a romance plot line. Yes. But as we've said before, be wary of trying to study her because you will get sucked back into Mm -hmm. the book. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
then we come up to the resolution. So in a romance, this is when the couple finds their way back to each other. They unravel the issues that led to the misunderstanding. Um, in a knight's tale, his status as being knighted by the prince ensures that he gets to keep the girl without her having to live with the pigs, which he knows she's not capable of doing. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think this is kind of where the reconciliation comes in between mm-hmm. the two characters. You know, if one of them was hurt by the other, like in that Cresley Cole book that I was talking about, then they find a way to overcome that and find new understanding with each other. Mm-hmm. And then the final act, they live happily ever after. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what you were talking about. You know, the typical must have of the romance novel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that's what readers expect for the genre. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple of tips for writing the romance plot lines. Like you said, I'm not as experienced in this. I do have romance in my novels, um, mm-hmm. but I typically do not pursue it as like the main plot line or anything right. like that. Uh, but determine the purpose for each story section. How is it going to um, lead to your character's uh, relationship development? What causes, you know, what about this scene is going to help them understand each other in a new way or make them work together or even show their differences. You know, I think any one of those things is important, but just make sure you understand the purpose of each scene and how it pertains to your relationship development. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, And then don't be afraid of typical romance tropes. There's tons of them out there. Um, They're tropes for a reason. So like enemies to lovers, Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a trope, but they're out there for a reason. They work. People love them. Um, That's one of my of favorites, them. honestly. I love the enemies to uh, lovers. The Cresley Cole is good at that. Very good at that. Yeah. Uh, that is, I think, a common theme with hers. I just, you know, Lothair, which is the book that you get so upset about. <laughs> it's probably my favorite Cresley Cole well, book. I mean, that's like, I like uh, Reagan's story and Chase. And you don't like that one. Mm-hmm. So, I can't remember why. Because he was a dickwad. Mm-hmm. Well, Lothair is so. the ultimate dick. Lothair, yeah, I guess. But listen, it's fine. I Be just, fine I want to go reread them all. <laughs> and, you know, she, uh, we haven't had a book from her in a while. Yeah. I think she got burned out a little bit. And well, I, I know ha- she broke her leg at one point. She did. Who knows what other things that she's been going through. So I hope she picks them back up again. I really want Nix's story. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that'll probably be the very last book of the series, I would think. Probably Nix's so. story. Yeah. But you all get the idea. Um, we've already run a little bit long. Well, it's not long, but if we tried to do four more, it would be very long. Oh, um, it would be very long. So we'll stop here as far as the, I think we did three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go through any of these plot lines and do just like I did and outline it. Okay. Act one, the inciting incident, act two, act three, act four in planning this. And you can do that in your writer's journal. Definitely. Yeah. I think like you said, we'll do a part two next week, uh, finishing up these plot lines. I think so. that's a good idea. I'd like to do that. Um, yeah. You know, we have mistake that we, need to talk about that's where i was thinking that beck fell but now i'm thinking maybe it's adventure um you know uh we adding magic we got to talk about how you add magic if for those people that are listening that are fantasy or urban fantasy writers um because that is a twist that you got to do for that those particular genres um right so you know you got to try to twist things up. A lot of these plot lines are cliche, but like you said, there is a reason for that. So go ahead and use them. Right. Just try to make them unique for your characters, for your story. Right. And again, like, I don't know that it's like even necessarily cliche to call these plot types um, cliche, because I think they're more like archetypes. You know, there's a, that's true. There's an adventure, you know, but there are main plot elements of all of these uh, right. plot lines, but all stories can twist that and use them in very many uh, fun and ways. exciting and funny ways yes, or, or serious ways or true. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All righty. Well, I do have an interview question before we go. Okay. Um, of the three plot types that we talked about today, which do you enjoy writing the most? I really like romance, but it's not, at, not as my main plot line. Yeah. 
but I do love that romance plot line. I always, I think in every book I've had some kind of romance plot line twisting through there. I, after doing this episode, I didn't realize that Beck was an adventure plot line and I loved writing that one. I think she's both. I might have to say adventure, but I do love the romantic part too. She gets herself into. (laughs) Sure does. She's a mess. Trouble. She is something. She's a mess. What about you? Um, of the three today, uh, I think probably the transformation plotline character development is a yeah. huge passion of mine. I really love that aspect of crafting a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing how characters change and what they're made of based on what I throw at them. They probably would disagree with me, but <laughs> I really enjoy writing those. So. What was that book, that movie with Will... I know which one you're talking about. Uh, Reality, something better than something fiction. Yes, yes. I think uh, just, just, oh, I could have told you if you didn't ask. Something of fiction. Yeah, not fishing. Not fishing, no. (laughs) Oh, but I love that where she's the writer and he's the character. And that is the only movie of his that I like because I am not a big fan of his. I'm sorry if that upsets people. I just, I don't like slapstick comedy and that's what he's really good at and so that is not um stranger my, stranger than fiction sorry stranger I, I than was, fiction and what is her, the actor that that plays her oh it, she's the one didn't she isn't she the one that played in the the where you can't make any noise no not that one really i thought that yeah. was her no uh i've got emma thompson who's the voice I think. And then Mal, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Huh. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while since I've watched that one, but yeah. um, I, I love that. My, one of my favorite scenes in that is because she is a baker. Yeah. And he brings her flowers. Remember he packed up all the different flower and different types of flour and brought that to her because she's a baker. So flour yeah. for baking. And, you know, he's like, I brought you flowers. It was so adorable. That's adorable. <laughs> I, I love that movie. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I do have a sentence challenge also for today. Sorry. Were you going to say something else? Nope. Okay. Uh, and the sentence challenge for today is uh, a piece of dialogue, which I uh, seem to do a lot, but it's, you always seem to be plotting. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you. Um, You can find us on, I haven't been doing very well keeping up on our social media lately. I need to work on that. Um, Twitter is a big one, but again, I haven't posted in a long time. Uh, The writing community, you guys on on Twitter is fabulous. If you haven't, go make yourself a Twitter, a tweet, a twit, a Twitter. A Twitter yes, account. Twitter, yes. The Twitter. <laughs> I called them twits earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> Mother. I know I'm having a hard time. Today, the whole day has been a hard time. I agree. Yes. Um, but come to our website at www.eatdrinkwriters. Or was it EDW? Eat, eat, drink, right? Eat, drink, right podcast.com. <laughs> you better handle the closing out of this. Oh, uh, so yes, come visit our website at eatdrinkwritepodcast.com. You can find all of that social media there. So we're on Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're on pretty much everything. I think our YouTube is also there. You can find our email there. So if you have any questions or want to share any of your writing with us, feel free to do so. We would love to read it. Um, If you have suggestions of topics, we would also love to hear those. We will absolutely cover them, except for that one that we will not talk about at the moment. (laughs) And then... uh, We also have a Patreon. So if you would like to support our podcast and would like to help us continue doing this, then that would be at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash E-D-W podcast. Mm -hmm. Or is it just slash E-D-W? Might be slash E-D-W. It's one of those. You can find us, uh, you can find that on our website as well. Mm -hmm. So 
Thank you guys very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We appreciate our Patreons and we appreciate all of our listeners. So. Yeah. Thank you, Deanna, for she sent us some stuff, which I haven't had a chance to to get to you. Oh. She, she's been re-listening to a lot of our episodes and making oh. com- comments on them. On Yeah, um, I've been looking at some of them. They're yeah, great. Yeah. So I'm never logged you, in you. to answer. So I I haven't done that either. And we apologize. It's been a heck of a year, Deanna, but we love your support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Jen is our other patron. So uh, we will see you next week and probably finish up the rest of these. uh, I think there should be four. Yes. So we will finish those up next time. Yeah. Thank you guys.